Should doctors also be running their own practice? Perhaps a team concept is in order. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. William Jesse. He's the president and chief executive officer of the Medical Group Management Association. MGMA, as it's known, has more than 21,000 members who head more than 13,500 organizations in which more than a quarter of a million physicians practice. Dr. Jesse has been MGMA's president since 1999 serving as the nation's leading voice for medical group practices. Before joining MGMA, Dr. Jesse served for three years as Vice President for Quality and Managed Care Standards at the American Medical Association, where he led the AMA's activities in clinical guidelines, quality improvement, and accreditation. He also holds academic appointments as a clinical professor of preventative medicine and biometrics at the University of Colorado Health Sciences Center in Denver and as an adjunct professor of health policy and administration at the University of North Carolina School of Public Health in Chapel Hill. He joins us today from MGMA's offices in Englewood, Colorado. Dr. William Jesse, welcome to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you very much, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, so this is an interesting concept that you're going to tell our listeners about, that doctors are so overburdened that should they really be running their own practice? Well, I think it's been an interesting transition we've gone through in healthcare in the United States. I went to medical school in the early 1970s, and I remember vividly being told by my professors and mentors that if I mastered the art and science of medicine, I would be a good physician and I would have a successful career. Well, today, mastering the art and science is not enough. You have to also understand the fact that as a physician, particularly in an office-based practice, you're also running a small business. And the challenges of running the business side of medicine have increased tremendously over the last 20 or 30 years. It's become more complicated. The rules and regulations have become more arcane. The administrative complexity has gone up. So today, if you want to be a successful practitioner, you have to manage not only the art and science, but also the business aspects. And many physicians are finding that partnering with a trained professional administrator is the best way for being a successful physician in an office-based practice. You know, the old days, physicians often had a high school graduate who was handling the billing. Well, today, most of MGMA's members are master's degree trained, or in some cases actually have other advanced degrees. So the administrator has become a key player in the business side of the practice. And what we find is that the most effective practices, the ones that are providing the best care and are having the best financial results for the physician owners are those where you've got a clearly defined physician and administrator team managing and leading the practice. Well, is this a person who is, if you could, maybe how much do they make? And also, does the person have to be full-time or can it be a person that could be shared with another practice? Well, it depends entirely on the size and complexity of the practice. We're finding that, obviously, the smaller the practice, the less likely they are to have a master's degree, MBA, MHA trained administrator. We look at our membership, and we've got members with master's degrees who are in practices as small as three or four physicians. Obviously, the larger the practice, the more demand there is for that trained administrative leader. Some large multi-specialty groups, for example, Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, typically will have a whole cadre of administrative leaders. One of the practices that we often hold up as an example of how the physician administrator team can work best is the Virginia Mason Medical Center out in Seattle. 
That's about a 450 physician multi-specialty group with their own owned hospital. And at every level from the CEO down, they have got physicians and administrators paired as a team. So the CEO of the hospital, who is a physician, and his administrative partner are essentially the co-leaders at the top. And then if you go down to the department level, you've got a physician leader and an administrative leader. And they set goals in common. They have equal status. They have shared responsibility and accountability. And they actually have shared financial incentives as well. Their bonus system is based upon the overall performance of the individual operating units, and it's shared between the physician and administrative leader. So everybody is trying to make the organization run more efficiently and more effectively, and it comes into their own pockets as part of their compensation plan. That's the kind of teamwork that seems to be optimally effective in improving the function of the organization. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune. And my guest today is Dr. William Jesse. He's the president and chief executive officer of the Medical Group Management Association. And he joins us from Englewood, uh, Colorado, where we're talking about physician administrator teams, which are I would assume a coming trend, given the fact that healthcare is so complex and patients want to get their care and doctors want to focus on medicine. Doctor, for our listeners of all kinds, not just healthcare professionals, are there schools that are prepared to deal with these new phenomenons? I mean, people are not just being trained to be hospital administrators anymore. I know that there might be some different degrees or what should doctors look for in their hiring and what should people do who want to get into this? Well, that's a very good question, Bruce. It's interesting to see the transition that is taking place in healthcare management education. As you mentioned, the old line hospital administration training programs have found that there's more and more demand for trained administrators in settings other than hospitals these days. So we're seeing many of those programs, the traditional MHA, Master's in Health Administration program, now many of them offer specialization in medical group practice management because it's such a growing career path. One thing we certainly encourage physicians to do is look for an administrator who is a board-certified medical practice executive. MGMA, through our sister organization, the American College of Medical Practice Executives, runs a program for granting certification and fellowship to individuals who've got the requisite knowledge and skills to be those professional practice leaders. And that's a very useful benchmark that a physician can look for in trying to recruit and retain a professional practice administrator. And a lot of these folks, do they necessarily have to have, you know, a full-blown master's degree or is there something if you're a practice and you don't have a lot of money to spend? I mean, are there different qualities and traits MGMA would advise doctors to look for in someone who could help whip their practice into shape from a business perspective? Absolutely. I think the first step is the physician has to realize that you need a professional practice administrator. You don't just need somebody to keep the books because in this day and age, I think the first challenge a physician has to overcome is to realize that it has become so complicated that if you really want to be successful in your practice, you need to have a partner managing the administrative side who is of the same level of professionalism as the physician on the clinical side. Obviously, some people have gained that experience through on-the-job training. They won't necessarily have come through a master's program. We're finding more and more of the younger administrators coming into the field are coming in with MBAs or MHAs because it's almost become an entry-level degree requirement. 
that there are lots of practice administrators out there, well-trained professionals, many of whom have the board certification from MGMA's sister organization, who do not have a master's degree. So I wouldn't tell people to look only for the degree. What is important, though, is to recognize the value that can bring to the practice. I had an interesting conversation with a pediatrician friend of mine a couple of years ago who said, we'd really like to hire a professional administrator for our practice, but we don't think we can afford it. And I told her that you can't afford not to hire a professional practice administrator because if you don't have a skilled professional running the administrative side in partnership with your physicians, you're probably leaving a lot of money on the table that could otherwise be generated as revenues for the practice. And many practices have found that by hiring their first professional administrator, they actually generate enough new revenues to more than cover the salary that they're paying for that administrator. We've got some practices which actually align the administrator's income with the physician's income so that the administrator's income goes up as the physician's income goes up. So you've got everybody rowing in the same direction, if you will, and trying to, uh, to optimize the financial results for the practice. I don't know of any physician that I've talked to who has stuck their toe in the water of hiring a professional practice administrator who would ever want to go back to running their practice without one. And how much would a practice, let's just say I'm a 25-doctor practice, how much would you be spending on this? Because I know that's got to be a question on the physicians who may be listening in their mind, or maybe there's people out there who want to get into this field, because you know they are getting hit with a bunch of different costs, and they're just leery of spending the money. It's very interesting. Physicians tend to sometimes step over dollars to save pennies, and this is an area where you have to realize that making an investment in your practice is going to have a return on that investment. So I would look at the cost of hiring a professional administrator as not an expense, but rather an investment. To answer your question more specifically, how much does it cost for one of these people? It really varies tremendously. It depends upon the size of the practice. It depends upon the specialty. Multi-specialty groups tend to be more complex and have higher compensation for their administrators than single specialty. But one of the other resources that MGMA has available is a management compensation survey that we do every year that has typical median compensation that would be paid for the administrative leader's of various job titles in different sizes and different specialty practices. So that's a resource that physicians might want to consult. Typically, you're talking somewhere in the sixty dollars to $100,000 range for a small practice, particularly one that focuses on primary care. But there are some administrative leaders of larger multi-specialty groups who are well up into six figures. And you're also talking about a way that the physician can focus on practicing medicine, because really that's what this is all about, isn't it? It is. It's important for the physicians to be able to focus on practicing medicine, but it is also important for the physician to be an involved partner with their administrator. And it's more than just the billing and collections. It's things like how do patients actually flow through the practice? How do you implement things like electronic medical record systems and not disrupt the workflow in the practice? It really requires teamwork between the physician and the administrator to make the practice efficient, effective, patient-friendly. It's always amazing to me how much better job my veterinarian does of doing things like sending reminders out about when immunizations are due than even my own physician. I couldn't help but laugh. I recently visited my physician for a physical and he said, by the way, when was the last time you had a tetanus shot? And I paused and said, oh, probably about 40 years ago. (laughs) And yet, My animals get reminder notices from the vets about their immunizations, but most physician offices don't do those kinds of things. So that's an area where an administrator and a physician working together 
could set up a tickler file system to remind patients about immunizations, and that brings the patient back to the office. It generates additional revenue, and it is a really tremendous way of building better patient loyalty because patients really like to hear from the practice and know that they care enough about you as a patient to remind you it's time to come back in for your tetanus booster. Well, with that, I would like to thank Dr. William Jesse, the president and CEO of the Medical Group Management Association, who's joined us to talk about the value of physician administrator teams and its importance to not only doctors, but patient care. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune. Thank you for joining us. To listen to our on-demand library, visit us at reachmd.com. Register with promo code radio and receive six months free streaming for your home or office. If you have comments or suggestions about today's show, please call us at 888-MD-XM-157. And I'd like to thank you today for listening. Hi, this is Dr. Jim King, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, and you are listening to ReachMD-XM-157, the channel for medical professionals.